Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kia ora, everyone. Now, by now, I'm sure you know that Rubes and I have been in Bali covering Instagram's Creator Week. So this was buzzy as for us because, you know us, little independent media company, the little company that could... Um, And we got invited out there, not as creators, but as the only press from New Zealand and Australia to come and cover it. And honestly, for for those of you who work in social media or have a startup or anything like that, legitimacy and being made to feel legitimate can be one of the biggest struggles and also one of the biggest triumphs, I think, of this type of job. And so us being asked to come and be the only press um, from our area of the world to report on this was amazing and like a personal capacity for us. And then actually getting taken to Bali to cover it was fucking sick. But it didn't mean that we were there with rose-tinted lenses. I mean, we were there on behalf of shit you should care about, but we were reporting on Instagram, which is obviously a company owned by Meta, Meta run largely by Mark Zuckerberg. And so, and you know what Facebook's done to the world. You know what Instagram does for young people. I don't know. Interesting, contradicting thoughts. And we didn't go in there with, yeah, like I said, rose-tinted lenses. We went in there to have a look at sort of what it was actually like for the creators in this world. You should care about we sort of walk the line between creators and also the media and also the news. So it was really interesting for us to get to see sort of how the sausage gets made a little bit. Um, I did write a big newsletter about sort of all of our findings and I sort of wanted to go through a few of the things that we thought and felt while we were over there before going into an interview that I did with Ivana Kirkbride. She is one of the like top execs when it comes to product and the future of what Meta is trying to do. And I got some time with her to sit in a random hotel room in Bali and try to pick her brains. Um, You'll hear from the interview that she's very media trained. Um, It did feel like no matter what questions I asked, I could sort of predict the answer. And that's that's not a bad thing. I mean, these people are out there just doing their best in these big jobs that have huge fucking consequences, whether they know it or not. And so, yeah, it was, it was an interesting interview, although I feel like, I, yeah, like I said, I could have predicted the answers. But I just just to set the scene for you. So Rubes and I, we get off the plane in Bali, we have like a day to sort our shit out um, and we sorted it out 
a little bit, but maybe we could have sorted out a bit more. We were very, very shit you should care about, very unprofesh, very like, you know, just taking things as they come. And sometimes, sometimes you should plan things in advance, like booking out a quiet room to record your podcasts. And we didn't do that, even though we knew we were recording podcasts. So, I mean, you'll hear, you'll hear a bit of, a bit of that, but you're used to it um, by now. So we got to this event and honestly, it was like, actually really fucking cool. We were expecting, I don't know what we were expecting. We've never been to an event like this, but I think the overarching thing about this whole event, it was called Creator Week. So it wasn't about anything except for thanking and recognizing the creators that make the platform what it is. And I actually asked Ivana about this in the interview I do with her because I, as much as they love the creators and you could feel that oozing from every single part of the event. I don't know how much they are actually doing to help their creators make money, which like is not their prerogative, but they make so much money as a company because of the creators that are feeding their companies with content that I did ask Ivana about, you know, sort of how she feels about that and what they're doing for it, um, for the creators. And there are certain things, but uh, I don't know. She gave a, she gave an interesting answer, so you can go and listen to that. So we get there, we set up, then we have a day of just watching, being flies on the wall, watching everything unfold, going to a whole lot of myth-busting panels and sort of, I don't know, best practice panels. There was a lot of talk about reels, obviously. That's what they're focusing on. Again, I asked Ivana in the podcast whether their prioritization of reels was sort of at the mercy of still like carousel posts, which is what people come to the platform for. And she she answered she answered it again quite quite well, quite predictably, but you can go and um, listen to that as well. But here are some of the takeaways um, that I got from just witnessing. Oh, the first the first one was like, and I haven't even got this written down, but it's just like my number one takeaway, which is just so, so stupid. But like, no matter how much money your company has and how big you are, technical difficulties will still be the bane of like everyone's life. So we got into the first um, keynote of the day and they wanted to do their sort of create a hype little video thing. And then there was a message from Adam, who we all know, head of Instagram. I'm just referring to him as um, Adam only because I'm assuming we all know who he is. But it was in like two times speed or something. So it, like he he got on and he was in his – I don't know if many of you remember that video of him um, on Twitter where he was dressed in yellow and he kind of looked like a minion and it was of him being real earnest about the changes to Instagram and like, don't worry, we're, we're taking it back to basics. Anyway, he got on and because it was in two times speed, like his little cute supposed to be earnest note was like, banana. Like it was like he was a minion. And unfortunately, because I'm a child, that just stuck with me. Like that was my biggest takeaway of the whole thing was like, remember when they put Adam in two times speed and and then they had to just like, you know, tail between your legs, go back and redo it. But it was good. It was good. It was like they're, they're one of us. They get things wrong too. Um, next takeaway 
it was all about reels. Uh, they are obviously, obviously prioritizing reels in um, direct competition to the platform that shall not be named. Um, another short form video app that seems to be taking the world by storm. I'm sure you can put two and together, two and two together there. Actually, I can name it. It's TikTok. I'm under no, um, no pressure to not to not name it. They're also um, trying to be more. Well, they say, and they, I think they are, they're trying to be more transparent in how everything works behind the scenes. There was a whole myth-busting session about frequently asked questions like, do you believe you fully understand the algorithm? Most people said no. And then they sort of gave an answer that was like, well, that's because there are many algorithms and they are all informed incredibly differently and, you know, all that classic, classic stuff. And then I actually said to Ivana, you're here again, <laughs> you're just tune into the rest of this episode because it's going to be fucking good, apparently. Um, I actually asked her, I said, like, make algorithms transparent or something like that. And she said that they are, which then someone said that they'll send me a meta blog post about um, the transparency of the algorithm. So that'll be interesting if I do get sent that because, I mean, then we actually see how they rate things and who they show it to. Uh, they also said at this myth-busting panel, how many of you think Facebook is still relevant to growing your audience? Basically, no one put their hands up here. And then they had some people on the panel that were like, I cross-post my videos to Facebook and I have made X amount of money. So it was kind of a like, let's um, try and make Facebook relevant to young people again thing. And while I don't think young people will flock back to Facebook – uh, I do think it was nice to see their creators that could actually make a living based on having heaps of mums watch their videos on Facebook. And honestly, any way that creators can keep making money to do that as their jobs, I am here for. The next thing they tried to myth bust was, do you believe in shadow banning? Everyone put their hands up. And then they sort of tried to say, well, shadow banning isn't a thing. It's only if you have violated community guidelines or said some things or done some things that don't quite um, constitute your post being taken down, but it, it stops it from being recommended to people. So it'll appear to everyone that follows you, this post, but it won't be put on the explore page or anything like that. So if you see a decline in views, it's probably because you've done something that um, you shouldn't have, but it doesn't quite violate community guidelines. This was interesting and I feel like things must have changed in the past few years because we, uh, during 2020, were like seriously shadow banned and we had, we'd done the thing where we'd apparently violated community guidelines. We actually hadn't. Um, it was a post about Black Lives Matter that got taken down. I think it got flagged by a bot and then our account was almost going to be deleted and then you couldn't find us anywhere. So even if you searched us, it just wouldn't pop up. So that was one way we were kind of shadow banned. And then like maybe six months later, for no reason at all, Rubes and I were actually going to look at a apartment in Auckland and the lady asked what we did for a job who was showing us around the apartment. And we said, oh, we, we run a media company. Um, you might know us from Instagram because at that point the podcasts were quite new. The newsletter didn't exist. And she, like, searched it on Instagram right in front of us and 
honestly, she typed out the whole shit you should care about and she couldn't find us. We wouldn't pop up. You had to Google us, let the Instagram link come come up on Google and then click it there. And so she thought we were lying about our jobs and we were like, no, we, we're just shadow banned. Um, and then our friends uh, searched us as well and they couldn't find us either. So while Instagram don't claim the term shadow banning um, and, and things I actually think probably have changed because this was two years ago and technology is always advancing, um, we definitely were some type of shadow banned, not shadow banned, if you know what I mean. So that was interesting for them to be really like, no, this isn't a thing that we claim, um, even though it happened. But again, people changed. They might have changed. And the next big takeaway um, is that they're really, really trying to lean into the future, whether that's NFTs, whether that's the metaverse. I mean, they've rebranded, so they can basically try and claim the metaverse, which is meant to be this sort of thing that nobody owns. But Mark Zuckerberg will probably try to claim and own most things. Um they're re- yeah, they're really trying to lean into this. And we know on this podcast I am a optimist about new technology. And so even though I am not leaning into these things so heavily myself, I really do appreciate, and it's what we try to do here at Shit You Should Care About as well, just teaching the audience and for them teaching their creators about these new technologies so that they won't miss out or get left behind in the event that these things become huge and all-consuming. Like They are trying to keep their people up to date and I love that. I We do that as well. We try and make things that seem mystifying, less mystifying, so that we don't all get left behind. And, like, no matter how naff or bad for the environment or just, like, confusing NFTs and the metaverse and Web3 can be, it's it's not the worst thing in the world that they are trying to educate their creators on it as new ways of making income or engaging with fans or communities I just think, and that's that's me giving um, like a very optimistic slant on sitting through the NFT panel, and then it was a very there was a very like Oprah moment where it was like, and if you all sign up to these things, you get an NFT, and you get an NFT, and, and we all got a um a special NFT, which I don't know if it's worth anything. I haven't actually had a geese at it yet. And then my final hot take, there was probably a bunch more, but you can go and read them in the newsletter if you want, was that honestly they really, really, really do give a fuck about their creators. They had a debate at the very start of um, this, the planning of this event. They told us about whether to bring media at all because they didn't want the creators to feel like they were being watched. They didn't want... Um, I don't know, there was 160 creators there or something like that. They didn't want one of them to say something that the press would pick up on and and run with, you know, when they were just trying to have fun or make a video or enjoy their time with other creators because it's such an isolating, isolating job that truly seeing all these people together and, and collaborating and these weren't influencers, to be clear. And, again, it's another question I ask how they determine the difference. But these people were, like, directors and videographers and dancers. There were so many um, creators from Southeast Asian countries that were just the most incredible dancers I'd ever, ever seen. And Meta or Instagram, to their massive credit, made these people feel very seen and 
you know, held and they answered all their questions and they looked after them and they helped them collaborate and helped them maybe feel less alone in this job that can be very demanding and very isolating. And so that that was like you, you I couldn't argue that they didn't give a shit about their creators because they really, really do. And we felt very lucky just to be able to be there to get this inside scoop and see how see how this huge machine operates on on some some level or as much as they wanted to lead us into. But I will leave you to go and listen to my interview with Ivana because it's it's enlightening if you sort of have listened or read to any of the context that I've given to it. And and knowing that obviously at the end of the day they want to paint Meta or Instagram in a, in, in a good light, it's their company, it's, that's what they have to do. We'd do the same for shit you should care about. But it's it's really interesting and she was really, really lovely. So um, I actually really enjoyed it even, even though it was at the end of a very long day and maybe I sound a little bit tired, I'm not sure. But go and have a listen to it and, and please let me know what you think. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Can I ask you how old you are? Yeah, 25. My gosh. Like, isn't that amazing? <laughs> well, do I don't know. I, do you know what I was doing when I was 25? What? Like, not this. <laughs> what were you doing? It was like working a boring banking jo- or finance job somewhere. I don't know, with old white men. It was, oh, yeah. The classic. The, <laughs> the classic intro into the workforce. At least <laughs> you, should, you should care about that somehow stumble upon Instagram and create a business out of it. Right? Which is kind of why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about all things creators. And for anyone that hasn't following, been following either the newsletter or the socials or anything that we've been up to, Rubes and I are currently in Bali. We're reporting on Instagram's Creator Week. And right now we are joined by Ivana Kirkbright. Hi, Ivana. Hi. Did I say that right? Yes. Yeah, I did. Ivana, I want you to tell the people, tell the listeners who you are, what you do, just why we are caring about you right now. Yeah, great question. (laughs) Uh, I'm Ivana Kirkbride. I'm a director of product marketing at Meta, which is the um, parent company to Instagram and Facebook. And we're here celebrating creators in, um, in Asia Pacific. And we are so thrilled to be here in beautiful Bali and Indonesia. And we, um, we are really excited about um, all the great new product features and um, amazing new initiatives that we're standing up for creators. So that's why that's why we're here. That's why you're here. And so within your role, what does a day in the life look like for you? A generic one. A, a generic day? A generic day in the life. A generic day. Okay. Um, Oh, well, I should have mentioned that I've been in the creator industry for almost 20 years, and yeah. I was five when you <laughs> started your career. There used to be a social network called, called Friendster, and I was a, I was an influencer on that. Oh my god. Yeah, like very long time ago. Was, was like, it before Facebook? Yeah. 
uh, and around the MySpace era. Yeah. And then there was YouTube, did that for five years, worked with YouTuber creator economy there. And then, but the best part of my job has been here working with creators at Instagram and Facebook. It is, I mean, we reached 3.7 billion people globally and talk about, you know, how to build your audience in your community. There's no better place. And so I just have found the, the voices and the creators that we have on Instagram and Facebook to be like big change makers like yourself and Aww. yeah. And, and like really doing good in the world. Love that. But okay. Back to the day in life. Yes. Circling back. You get up at what time? <laughs> All right, I, I will share like I, I will share a little bit okay. uh, of the work-life balance. Okay. I have three kids. I have uh, a daughter who's a freshman in high school, a seventh grader, and a third grader. So I wake up around five thirty-six, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to get <laughs> a very specific time, five thirty-six. <laughs> um, just try, you know, that's the only time when I can really do think work. So I'm, I'm usually like writing or doing, you know, think work then. And then um, at 7 a.m., it's getting the kids, you know, out of the house and off to school. Uh, my side hustle is a glorified Uber for my kids. <laughs> and so I do carpool five yeah. days a week in the morning. Um, but, yeah, then, you know, 9 to 5, I, yeah. I, do, I do meetings. I, I work with our product and um, eng teams, and we get to build awesome products for creators. Love that. I agree with you on the think time in the morning I wake up at five because we write a daily newsletter it's the only time that I would be able to do that every day right because Because way funnier and like (laughs) well you're also like you just like came out of slumber so you're like I'm super sharp yeah and it's quiet yeah like the email hasn't come in yet the social media hasn't your kids aren't up yeah love that and we've also um heard from a little birdie that you like or love, I don't want to put words in your mouth, New Zealand pop culture or New Zealand comedy? Uh, I love New Zealand comedy. Like who? Uh, well, so I'm old. So it's, it starts with Flight of the Concourse. Yes. Okay, that is our prediction. That is our prediction. So it started from there. I love what we do in the shadows. Um, anything by Jemaine Clement and, you know, and, yeah. and Taika, yeah. I, I love um, but then I've been watching a pair, uh, Wellington Paranormal. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I, I love that it's reached you. Yeah. Like, I love that just niche New Zealand humor has well, reached you. Yeah, but it's like super niche New Zealand humor. Like, there's all these cultural references. Yeah. And I'm laughing. I'm laughing so hard. And I'm like, that. I don't live there. I've never been to New Zealand. But... Yeah, because of Wellington Paranormal, I feel like I, I'm really in touch oh, with New Zealand Well, you culture. have to come. It's I'd only love to. Ten hours from Bali, so <laughs> bring the kids. Very kid-friendly. So it would just be like a 36-hour uh, flight for me. <laughs> it would just be really hard for you to get to but you should. Um, and are you like are you born and bred from New Zealand? or t- Yeah. yeah tell sure us about... Well, okay, everyone that's listening to this podcast already knows knows all about me. But yes, we are Kiwis, New Zealand based, but as everyone knows, we are like world focused, especially because we work within the news. We can't just be, well, we could be if we were a local New Zealand news brand, we could be talking just about, you know, our neighbours, but 
We half of our audience lives in the states, so wow, that's um, yeah. Because I, I I see you cover like a broad range of pop culture topics. Yeah, pop culture and news and Harry Styles and basically <laughs> anything you could care about. It's our job to be across it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Harry Styles. Yes, it is because why would you not? <laughs> and honestly, fandom is one of the best ways to build a really engaged community because yes. they are just the most passionate people I've ever met. Have you ever tried reaching out to him? Yes. We hosted listening parties on behalf of him when he released his new album. And uh-huh. so we didn't get to meet him, but we got all his prerequisites about the candles we had to use at the listening parties and things. And his sister has been in contact with us a few times via Ooh. DM, so short Instagram for that. <laughs> um, my next question that I'm going to be asking a lot of people, I think, while we're here is how do you define a creator, especially since we seem to have moved from the word influencer to the word creator? Yeah. Or are they two separate things? How do you define it? I actually think, for me, just speaking for myself, Mm -hmm. um, I I see influencer and career as one and the same. And to your point, it's been an evolution, right? Mm -hmm. So even before influencer, there was this, (laughs) I'm dating myself, um, pre-influencer, it was called Mm multi-hyphenates. Talked about this a little bit, but because of the democratization of content creation where it's so easy, you know, Mm -hmm. like to do a podcast or to do video or even, you know, to shoot, shoot a film these days. Um, uh, because anyone can be a creator, you're also seeing sort of like what was previously known as uh, UGC or user generated content become like professionally, like PGC, professional, Mm -hmm. professionally generated content, but um, it's produced by individuals like you and me. Yeah. And would you say that it's a big goal for Meta to help these creators monetize this user generated content considering it's what keeps the platform making money? Sorry, I'm just, I'm taking a pause because um, it, it's actually, it's about helping creators earn a living. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just thinking through like our partner programs where we do revenue share. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually, it's not necessarily about um, monetization. It is really about how do we enable um, our creators to earn a living doing what they love mm-hmm. and that can take form in a number of ways it could be advertising it can be um, in the states we have these things called stars so mm-hmm. where basically patrons can um, sort of support, yeah, support yeah. their their uh, creators that way uh, and then we also have uh, our bonus programs in the states too so I think for me, it's it's just making sure that we can meet creators where they are, and so if they're you know starting a podcast or we used to you know have audio products, and um, or if they're trying to release their first book or you know promote their first TV show, like we want to be there to help, mm-hmm. and so that's why it's it's really so focused around how do we help you to build a build a community and to grow your career wherever that may take you. Cool, and so. What do you think the future is when it comes to creators and helping the creators? Like, you've had a few product announcements today. There's a lot of focus on reels. Um, what else? What's coming? Yeah, and I, I mentioned this um, earlier today, but in the same way that we saw Web1 with um, 
with a read-only or broadcast uh, experience with HTML and desktop interfaces. When we saw that transition to mobile text and photos and Web2, we're, we're starting to see this like this inflection point from Web2 to 3. Mm-hmm. And in Web3, what's going to be really interesting is video will be front and center. And what I mean by that, it's, it's not just short-form video, um, whether it's, it's Reels or uh, YouTube Shorts or TikTok, but it's also about video being the primary way that we can communicate and express ourselves. So imagine, um, or I have kids who are teens, and um, the way that they hang out with each other is over video. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, when I was in high school, I used to spend hours talking to my boyfriend or girlfriends over the phone or watching TV with my friends. Mm-hmm. They just have, you know, the, the phone uh, ambiently on while they're cooking uh, breakfast or making lunch. And I'll walk into the kitchen and I'm like, uh, talking to Mal- my daughter Malin about, you know, did you did you wash the, you know, did you do your laundry? But what, mom, you know, my friend Patricia's on the phone. Like I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this whole concept of just like virtual presence that they're so comfortable with, mm-hmm. and um, and the way that they are uh, expressing themselves is going to be most likely like through an avatar of some sort. So, um, yeah. Do you really do you really believe that? That is how we're going to communicate with each other. I mean, not right now, yeah. but I see it with my kids. Yeah. Um, they're also big gamers, so yeah. I will... The caveat being yeah. that they, they do a lot of gaming, but um, in the same way that I think when uh, I was younger and I used to personalize like a social media profile page or mm-hmm. a MySpace page, um, <laughs> um, you know, I think what we're going to see with this younger generation is they're going to use their avatar and like the color of their hair, the way that their eyes are shaped, the even the outfits that they wear from day to day is going to be like their way of um, identity expression in Web3. And, um, and I think it's going to be like these really cool immersive video experiences where... I don't know. Who knows? Like, it could be Ready Player One. Like, we yeah. could be doing this podcast, but, like, with holograms. I have no yeah. idea. I love um, – I always take a very optimistic stance when it comes to writing about new technology because I think, like, um, Kirsty, one of the – well, you know who Kirsty is. Like Kirsty mentioned, and actually everyone – you can hear Kirsty chatting on Culture Vulture. She's coming to talk to us. She mentioned that a big part of – leaning into nfts and web3 and the metaverse was about helping the creators not get left behind yes and i think that's something that really aligns with us is whether you are into it or not whether you agree with it or not we want to be able to explain it to you because we don't want our generation of you know kids or young people getting left behind when everyone either eventually adopts this thing and makes a shit ton of money off of it or you know maybe it doesn't work out but there's no point like not learning about it and and look i'll be honest it's the early days of web3 yeah. but what we're seeing I, I live in los angeles and what we see in the la market is that there has been a big shift with um west coast creators into nfts mm-hmm. in the same way that um do you remember when everyone had their own con it was like beauty con or yeah uh, tonicon tonicon yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Um, uh, you know, instead of it being cons and merchandise, you're sort of seeing the shift of everyone um, promoting their NFT mm-hmm. and then also like opening up um, like their own crypto or their own currency on the blockchain yeah. and a way to 
have um, exclusive access into the world of that creator. Again, it's early days, yeah. but that's what we're seeing in, in the U.S. and in some of the markets is like a, a pretty big shift in experimenting with some of that stuff. So I would say I would put it on the radar, but like dabble. Yeah. The good, about it. Yeah, the good news is, and that's why I'm so excited about Meta, is that, um, you know, uh, what most creators end up having to do is, uh, in their Web3 experience, is like, you know, you, you have to... You have to sort of register into so many different platforms in order to just get like one activation up and running or one FT, NFT up and running. Mm-hmm. At Meta, you can do it all in one place. So um, again, that's another way that we're trying to help creators or meet them where they are. So if they are interested in Web three, like you can, you can. There's a one stop shop for that, mm-hmm. but then there's also a one stop shop for like all that you need on Facebook and Instagram. And. How do you feel or how do you sort of separate the way that a lot of people feel quite negatively about Meta as a company and then you working for the company and doing things like this? Is it that you feel like you're actually making a really positive change within a huge company that some people would argue hasn't done the best things for communities? Um the answer the answer is um i look i may be naive uh about this but i truly believe in the vision uh the vision and mission of meta which is like we are here to bring the world closer together we're truly trying to like connect people and empower them to have mm-hmm. their own voice whether that's in social media whether that's in the metaverse or the whether that's in real life with the community and we're we're really, truly trying to help people um, be able to connect with others in order to build a community. And and during the pandemic, I, I joined, you know, sort of right before the pandemic. And, and what I loved about the company is when we were all physically apart from our loved ones, like it was meta products, Facebook, Instagram, um, we, we were doing rooms, there were a portal, we, there were all these products that were helping to connect um, loved ones, mm-hmm. no matter where you were in the world. And um, I will say, just speaking for myself, um, I truly believe in, in the mission. And and sure, like you can say it's it, you know it's a it's a big company, it's a big platform. It's not the only one, and and I think uh, there is a lot of impact that uh, an individual can have in a company like Meta. Yeah. Okay. We always say that you should care about like you do what you can with what you have, and. I always think that multiple things can be true at once and so working inside a huge company like this isn't a like net negative or a net positive. It's just you trying to do something for the creators that... It just is. It just is. And then also it's... I mean, you know what it's... It is so... It, it, is, it is hard to be a creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are on a very... Uh, depending depending on your schedule but like sometimes there's an aggressive production schedule like content every day mm-hmm. and you're testing what works and what doesn't um you're basically having to do it all and um and i, I was just gonna say um you need people who understand yeah and who have you know empathy for creators to like be at a company like meta or to be at a you know at a big platform um to, to make sure that we're building our products with that in mind. Yeah. And it feels like just 
based on being here and watching all the creators work with each other and finding people that understand I think this weird weird buzzy job that they all do is it's just very evident when you're just wandering around and watching everyone make their like really cool shit together so I think this is it's been a real privilege for us to come and get to watch and see how how you're connecting people like that well and then have you been able to connect with some of the folks here um yeah and listening to um everyone speak on the panels i think and realizing that because we walk the line between creator and media and news and so seeing what it looks like to fully lean into the creator side while being the press has been really just really interesting for us and great like we've learned so much especially at the myth busting yeah because i mean oh what i was just gonna say is i think um what is so great about um events like this is when the creators and even if it's like a hybrid creator media outlet um when everyone gets together in real life that's when the real magic happens Mm -hmm. And I mean, we can make reels collab or like collab tools, but like you actually need to be together mm-hmm. to do some of that stuff. And so um, I was just thinking, like, even last night when we were seeing everyone on the dance floor, like, how magical was that? Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't know. I just feel like when when creators are together, they learn more. And and it doesn't always necessarily have to be about like, hey, here are the best practices for this product or hear other ways to earn a living and and do monetization. Like sometimes um, there are some big problems that get solved when creators meet at a summit like this. And um, by way of example, uh, there are a lot of creators who, they're basically independent contractors, right? And so a lot of them are wanting healthcare or health insurance. Um, I know. Well, accounting and taxes well, yeah, and like well, legal shit. Yeah, exactly. Like back office, legal services, accounting, and yeah. a business manager, um, or even like post production um, capabilities. Mm-hmm. And that's where a company like um, like Meta or you know platforms can sort of come in and help. I've seen that happen before. And what do you think? Um, this is me assuming that you've looked into this because it's really fascinating, but about AI and things like Dali 2 and the AI that can write, you know, it could write my newsletter for me and virtual creators. What do you think about the impacts of all this new technology on creative people? Because creators is all about, well, if you're putting on an event for creators, it's because you care about creative people. Yeah. And sometimes when new technology like these new AIs pop up, it seems like they could be taking jobs from the very creatives that you're looking to yeah. look after. And so I had this um, same issue when we were introducing short form video mm-hmm. to traditional media, to television and film. And it was always, you know, uh, short form video is going to cannibalize uh, TV and film. And it's like, no, technology, the advances in technology are actually expanding the pie for everyone. Because what you have to understand is like the market starts to exponentially grow when there are those kinds of advances in content creation tooling or in computing or processing. And um, sorry, that was really geeky of me to say. No, um, (laughs) but. but what I mean by that is uh, you you can never have all of it can't be binary in terms of all tech and then um, like you have when it comes to 
creating content and the creative industry, I've never seen it work where it's like just all tech. Yeah. It's art. It's, it's an art and a science. And like, honestly, and I mean, we know this in social media, like to be a quote unquote hit, sometimes it takes a little bit of magic. Mm -hmm. And I don't think uh, any kind of advanced AI could really replicate that magic because you really got to sort of nail that with human curation and artistry. I I agree with that to the point where you actually have to learn taste to be able to pick, say, if you get six images created via your prompt, you have to, as an artist, make the decision on what's good and what prompt you're going to give. So again, that's something that I'm just fascinated by because nothing's all good or all bad. It's just really interesting, and it's happening. Well, so. And it's so funny, because I was having this conversation at VidCon around, like, AI, um, AI-generated creators. Like, even with Code Miko, you can... I mean, she looks very real, but mm-hmm. you can tell it's not a, a real human. Mm-hmm. Like, as humans, we're always going to have that spidey sense yeah. that you can't replicate, that, again, just comes back to the art of what we do versus... Um, and the science can help, mm-hmm. um, and it can also, like, again proliferate the opportunity for everyone so that like even even I'm so not creative but like even I could I could create with the tooling Mm -hmm. that's available now um but it it, I just don't think you'll ever replace that art yeah and I when it comes to virtual creators I always think um when there's the argument that they're taking away jobs from other creators or influencers it's also like there's a huge team behind them that are employed because of this one virtual creator of creatives like people making her or him or whoever the creator is so but but also like this is and that's one way to look at it like they're they may be taking something away but another way to look at it is wow there are advances in ai so that i can have a virtual version of myself so i'm gonna go to bed but my ai i'm just making this up but like i'm always on because i have an ai you know creator persona but I, I'm just using that as an example of, you know, I think we have to have this mentality that it's like, it's about, it's about all of us mm-hmm. and, and it's expanding the opportunities for all of us to create. Totally. Right. My last question is that throughout the whole day today, I haven't heard one mention of, um, like still photos or, um, feed, normal feed posts and, I think that's really interesting. I've only heard about reels. Is that kind of the plan to just lean real heavy into reels and see you to normal, see you later, normal photo sharing, or is it just that reels are the focus maybe right now? It's actually because we have been underinvested in short form video expression formats, which is why we're prioritizing reels. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not at the expense or in place of the other expression formats we have across our platform. So I actually did mention um, still in my keynote that oh. uh, that like we're really trying to support all forms of expression, text, posts, messaging, uh, stories, reels. Um, but there there is a lot of new net new announcements around reels just because it's growing so mm-hmm. fast and it's our newest product. But it doesn't mean that like posts are always going to serve, you know, um, uh, there's always uh, a purpose for what we express through posts and stories that Mm -hmm. are going to be different than what we do in Reels. Or have you found that to be the case? I'm curious. 
what that we like what like what kind of content do you do in posts versus stories versus I mean we talk about news Mm -hmm. so we can't really and we don't show our faces because we are keeping ourselves safe and do we know who runs the BBC no (laughs) do you know who runs shit you should care about no um, that's because it's not about us. So reels for us is a code that we need to crack, I think, because it's not a front-facing thing. And for accessibility reasons, text posts that are still and you can swipe through, I think will always be our favourite way of communicating. So maybe that's like, a selfish question of, is you know, are these not going to be served to people anymore? But, I mean, obviously not. No, not at all. I mean, because um, in that example, right, like the post or the the text-based post or like your billboards Mm -hmm. like where you can promote the next story coming up or you know Mm -hmm. check check out x y and z or some interview um i think we're seeing that on our platform where um especially long-form video creators like the creators who produce like three to ten minute videos they're using reels to promote back to that Mm -hmm. long form format right so they're they're sort of using reels to say like, oh, check out my series X, Y, and Z, or check out my channel. Um, but yeah, it's it's they're using it for distribution and promotion. Mm-hmm. Totally. Can I ask a question? So, is there's definitely a rumor that goes around that uh, Instagram prioritizes reels on the algorithm. So, would you say that is false? That is not something that happens. I think they addressed it today, right, during the myth-busting um, panel, but, um, and I think they they threw up that exact question, and they're like, false, <laughs> um, because it, it's, again, it's not like a ominous, omnipresent, all-being algorithm, like, there's a lot of different signals that go into um, how the content is ranked and recommended, um, so on Instagram, there's, like, different inputs that go into how things are ranked. Uh, versus Facebook, and so it's just, it's not, um, I would say the answer is no. Make the algorithms public, I say. <laughs> well, there is, in the U.S., there's, like, regulation around making it, tr- like, transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Okay, everyone, if you have further questions on the U.S. algorithm, you can go and find them out. Well, thank you, Ivana, for coming yeah. Busting just even more myths and answering all of our nerdy questions about the future. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for asking the nerdy questions. (laughs) Oh, it's our jobs. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.